It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. And it is midday madness time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness Promise, and the number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next two hours. And after 2 o'clock today, the trades will start dropping. So nothing, we're told, will happen between now and 2. So Midday Madness from now until 2 o'clock, and then the AFL has opened the gate from 2 o'clock for things to actually start happening officially, even though we have heard a few things so far. Ivan Soto heading to Port Adelaide. Jack Ginnivan, he'll head to Hawthorne. That situation escalated quickly once the Lockie Shorts deal was done. But your calls, anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for Midday Madness, one 736 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. Just been speaking to Sammy Edmund before I came on. You might have heard a little snippet of it. As of you know, 7.30 tonight, AFL lists are settled until draft night. Yes, there'll be senior players moving clubs from the, the way it stands right now. But then once 7.30 tonight arrives, it'll be the national draft and the pre-season draft. And any players who don't get traded for the rest of the day today can drop into the national draft or the pre-season draft as Port Adelaide has threatened to have a couple of players like Brandon Zerk Thatcher and Azava Radicalia come to them through those two avenues. It's been tough trying to work out what some players are worth. And there were questions the past two days. What would Jack Ginnivan be worth if he was in this year's draft? In this year's draft amongst the kids, where would he sit? Would he be pick 20 or pick 25? What would Lockie Schultz be worth in this year's draft? Would he be top five, top 10? Which actually got me thinking, uh, if every player currently in the AFL was in a draft for next season only, what would be the top 20? So imagine if all 18 teams and all 720 players were in a draft room for 2024 only, who would be the top 10, 20, 30, 50? I actually did one, uh, and I'll be wrong on quite a few of these. That's fine. I'll give you my top. Well, I'll give you my top 50. But yours, firstly, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. What would be your top five or top 10? Who would be number one pick if every player was in an open draft for next year only, not for the rest of their career, but for next year only. One year, 2024 season, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 0433981116. And we'll take your texts on the all-new Temper Pro and 40 Wings text machine, 0433981116, the all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Mattresses like no other. And any other calls you'd like to send through, one three hundred seven three six seven three six four midday madness for Work Locker Caram Downs and Packenham. Workwear for wherever you work. Work Locker Caram Downs and Packenham. Heap of stuff to give away as well. Uh, Signet Boost Power Bank followed at forty four ninety five. We've got some general admission passes to Cox Plate Eve, Friday 27th of October. So this Friday week, experience racing, action and entertainment at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au. And some gift cards. Redeemable online or in-store thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. Already a couple coming through. Jeremy Cameron, pick one, hands down. I'm not sure. I think there might be a few that have moved past him. So I'll give you my top ten just to start it off. I think if there was an open draft right now, every player in the pool for next year, I think Toby Green would be the number one pick. 
Uh, if I was in control of a club and I had second pick and they went with Toby Green, another club pick one, I'd take Marcus Bond and Pelly. And then I'd probably take Nick Dacos or Christian Petrarca. I've got Charlie Kernow at five, Zach Butters at six, Jack Viney at seven, Jordan DeGoey at eight, Errol Gordon at nine, Tom Green at ten, and Jeremy Cameron at 11. So I've got him just outside the top 10, Jezza, but I hope he has an injury-free run next year. But that's the other issue. If you've got a player for one season, you certainly don't want him to be injured. Um, Harris Andrews, I've got a 12. Tom Stewart at 13. I think you need a really, really good defender in your team. And sometimes you're better off, if it's your pick, if you've got pick one at pick 12, well, maybe you're better off taking a defender like Harris Andrews rather than a key forward because... We know their importance has gone up quite a bit. Um, it has to be Dacos, considering age and footprint in the game. Um, well, it's for one season only. So we're not talking about for the rest of their career. It's talking about one season only. So send through your texts, and I'll run through your, the rest of my list, or jump on the open line, one 300 got Tom Stewart at 13, Lockie Neal 14, Sam Taylor 15, Charlie Cameron 16, Joe Danaher 17, James Sicily 18, Dustin Martin, 19. He might be a bit low for some, but he is getting on. But for one season only, I'd still love him. And I still think he's certainly top 20. Darcy Moore, pick 20. Josh Dunkley, 21. Sam Walsh, 22. I've got Nick Blakey a lot higher than some people might, but I love Nick Blakey. I'm in love with the Lizard. I've got him, 23. Shea Bolton, 24. Josh Kelly, 25. Tim English, 26. Patrick Cripps, 27. Jordan Dawson, 28. Tom Liberatore, 29. I'm a big Tom Liberatore fan, and getting the ball out of the middle is crucial. Clayton Oliver at 30. Still want to know what his injuries are like, but if his hamstring's okay. But I got him at 30 because of the injury issue, coming off an injury-interrupted year. Oscar Allen at 31. Big upside, Oscar Allen. I think he's going to be a star. Noah Anderson, 32. Luke Jackson, 33. Jack Sinclair, 34. Will Day, 35. Zach Merritt, 36. Caleb Sarong, 37. Jacob Wiedering, 38. Got Jamara Eugle Hagen at 39. I think he's going to have a big year next year, Jamara. It could be the big year for Jamara. He might be in the top 10 come this time next year. Max Gorn at 40. Stephen May, 41. Connor Rosie, 42. John Newcomb, 43. Rowan Marshall, 44. Tom Papley, 45. Mitch Owens, 46. Isaac Rankin, 47. Aaron Norton, 48. Steve Cornelio, 49. And I've got LDU, Luke Davies Uniac at 50. So, Sam Walsh, must a couple of texts that have come through. No Lockie Neal in the top 10, question mark. Well, I got him at 14. Appreciate that. Um, Pies are selling high on Gittivan, by the way. Good return because he was a rookie selection in 20. Another one here, Sam Walsh must be top 10 after being the only player to win the Gary Ayers medal that didn't play in the grand final. And I agree with you. Sam Walsh is certainly with a huge upside and he should probably be in the top 20, even though I've got him at 22. Anthony Craigieburn, you got a thought on this before we start talking some trades that might get done about 2 o'clock. Welcome to you, Anthony. Dwayne, good afternoon. Um, look, you've said pretty much the top 50. It's just a case of people's preference and priority, where they'd have him in the order. Mate, you've, you've highlighted 35 midfielders, and your first ruckman doesn't get a call out the 26. I wonder who's going to hit the ball to him. Yeah, well, remember, this is 18 teams in the draft, Anthony. So this is, you might have pick one, pick 19. So this is not if you picked 18 guys straight up for your list first. This is in an open draft who you'd take pick one. So who would be, if you had pick seven in the draft, who would be your first pick? Would you pick a Ruckman or would you go for a midfielder? 
I understand your point of view, and yes, you're correct, but, I mean, you, you need a Ruckman to hit the ball to these boys, don't you? Max you do, but you can take him with your third or fourth pick. Eight. You can take a Ruckman. I, I think, Anthony, you could take a Ruckman with your third or fourth pick in this kind of draft. So you grab yourself a Jordan Degoe first with your first pick. You grab yourself a Luke Jackson with your second pick, and then you grab yourself a Ruck like a Max Gorn or a Tim English with your third pick at around pick 50 or a pick 60. It's a fantastic conversation, isn't it? <laughs> and great to have you started with me, Anthony. Hold the line. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank coming your way. Valued at $44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. What would be the earliest a Ruckman would go at if there was an open draft right now? Would it be all midfielders taken pick one by every club so no Ruck would be inside the top 18? Uh, Dino and Reservoir, welcome to you, Dino. You got a thought? Well, I love this. You stole me thunder. Your first Ruckman was picked at 26. You obviously don't rate Ruckman. But would a pick, would a Ruckman go in the first day? If 18 clubs, would any club take a Ruck pick one? Because that's what we're saying. If there's no Ruck in the top 18, it's virtually saying that every club wouldn't pick a Ruckman pick one. Would you take a Ruck? Would you take a Ruck ahead of Jeremy Cameron? Would you take a Ruck ahead of Jordan Degoe, Damien, Adino? Uh, depending who it is, but in in the past, well, you know, Nat Newey's gone one. Um, Jack Watts has gone one. Um, Luke Jackson was an early draft pick. Uh, they've rated Ruckman going in the top five, and some have gone pick one. I mean, it yeah. has worked, and it hasn't worked sometimes, but uh, take Max Gorn out of, uh, or Tim English out of the Bulldogs, out, out of Melbourne and Bulldogs, uh, I don't think they're, uh, they'll be a premiership contender. You need so let me ask you then, great... Dino, if you've got if you got first, if you your first pick comes in at pick eight, would you take a ruck ahead of Toby Green or Marcus Bonapelli or Nick Dacos or Christian Petrarca or Charlie Kerner or Zach Butters or Jordan Degoe if they are available? Would you take a Tim English or Max Gorn ahead of those? Uh, that's an unknown quantity because you don't know what they're going to be like. But but um, you probably would take if you got an outstanding ruckman as a junior prospect. Yeah, you would take him. But the law of averages tell you that the midfielders go on to have better careers than, than your ruckmen do. Mm. There's a lot more misses in the ruck department than, than midfielders. Which is why I don't think you take a ruck until later in the draft. Once you, maybe with your club's third pick, which would be, you know, given that the first two rounds are going to be 36 picks, uh, you probably wouldn't take a ruck until your third pick, the third player you pick for your club. Great to have the discussion, though, Dino. Appreciate you joining us. Nick Natanui, by the way, was a pick two. Uh, Chris and Truganina, what can you, Chris? I uh, just checked in, Evan. I, I my, my my daughter last year wanted to get his number on his back on her back. I'm calling with support, and I said no. This was last year, mind you. And I said no, he's going to be traded. She says, "Oh, you're stupid. What are you, he's kicked 40 goals." And I said, "No, trust me." He'll be, and everyone thought I was an idiot. Everyone thought I was. I knew he'd be traded. You can just see his trouble. I'm sorry, but he is. I love him, mm. but he's trouble. Appreciate you, cool. Damien is Strathmore. Welcome to you, Damien. Yeah, go, Dwayne. With my Richmond hat on, I take Toby Green. But with my GWS hat on, I take Dustin Martin. Because I'd love to see those two players play in a final series, mate. They would kill it. Imagine Dusty and um, Toby Green in the same forward line. GWS ain't losing last year's prelim, that's for sure. Well, the funny part is the way I've actually done my draft. I've got Toby Green pick one and Dustin Martin pick 19. So if you did have picks one and 19 in the draft, you'd be able to take... Toby Green and Dustin Martin. Uh, it would be nice to see him in the same team, Damien. That would be a dream. Uh, Rich in Thornbury. Welcome to you, Rich. 
Dwayne, how are you? Good. Good, mate. Um, could you look, use your considerable influence to call Adrian Dodoro and, and just please, please save us the last final embarrassment of the last 22 years of his reign. Just give Paul pick 35 and Zerk Thatcher and we'll have Dersma. That is a fair trade. Well, Rich, it might happen at one minute past two today. We're told a few of the... The moves are going to be done at one minute past two, so we'll keep you in touch with that as soon as the two o'clock news is over. I'm looking forward to that as well. Great to have your call on it. Um, Nick on the road, welcome to you, Nick. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Um, just, on your, just on the Ruckman situation, I think the difference with this is um, you're saying who the Ruckman is. So in terms of Max Gorn at pick 40, like I'd have him at pick five, you've got to go on the best available player, and we know who they are. I understand Ruckman are hard to come by, um, but and a lot of the time they're, they're sort of passed on. But um, when you've got Max Gorn, um, I think most teams are taking him in the top half a dozen. I don't think anyone would take Max Max Gorn ahead of Charlie Kerno though. Like if Charlie Kerno was available pick five, I think you'd take Charlie Kerno ahead of Max Gorn though, wouldn't you, Nick? Touch and go. Like he's a dominant Ruckman. Like he, yeah. He's, and and you've got Cameron at thirteen and things like that. So. In my view, he's a, he's a real difference maker. So he's a ruckman you would take early on. Maybe not a five, but maybe top six or seven. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, Nick. You make a good point of it, and I uh, appreciate your call. Hold the line. We've got a gift card redeemable at the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. Made a good case for Max Gorn, as I mentioned off the top. I'm going to get a heap of these wrong. Um, that's my top 50. I've opened myself up to ridicule, but that's all part of the fun of the game. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If there was an open draft, all players currently playing in the AFL, up for grabs, all 18 clubs. So you only get one pick every 18. So who are you taking pick one if your first pick doesn't arrive until pick 13? Open draft, one year, 2024 only. Come back to your calls. In fact, John in Mount Evelyn's got a thought on Gorn and English as well, John. Who would be the first ruck taken and at what spot? Welcome to you, John. Well, for me, it's going to be either Max Gorn or Tim. I agree with Nick that... Um the spread of mids, the talent amongst the mids is so so wide and fairly thin in the ruck. If you've got a dominant, dominant ruck, you can take first pick, you take him. It's interesting, John, because a lot of clubs now are spending a lot less of their salary cap on their ruck. That's the issue. If you've got a really good one like Max Gorn and a really good one like Tim English, yeah, I get it. But the Grundy situation has kind of told us the clubs aren't spending as much of their salary cap on a ruck. And I've had to think about what number, what proportion, what percentage of a salary cap is spent on your best midfielder, your best forward, your best ruck. And it seems like your best forward and your best midfielder are getting big numbers in your salary cap percentage-wise, but the ruck is now sliding down the scale a fair bit. Yeah, but the, 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 you're talking about established guys. Um, yeah. Rucks have always been a bit speculative in that they take so long to to come good because they, they tend, tend to start as tall, gangly teenagers who then fill out and then get a, a good pre-season, get some fitness, and then they become dominant. Mm. Max Gorn wasn't, uh, wasn't like the top of everyone's list to start with early, but it's like mm. he's dominant now. And, and Tim probably had a, a quicker rise than, than Max. But um, when Nick Natanui got taken number one in the draft, it was a no-brainer. So if, you, if the dogs had this situation, John... And you were thinking of taking your own players back. You'd take Marcus Bond and Belly with your first pick still, wouldn't you? Yeah, because he's, he's a generational yeah. 
to your generational talent. Would um, you take outside, Would you take Tom Libertore or Tim English next? Do you think? Oh no, definitely, definitely Tim English. Ahead of Jamara, ahead of Norton. Yep, yep. Because you can build you can build your midfield around a, a, a dominant ruckman if he's ready to go now. Made a good case, John. Hold the line. We're sending you down to the Cox Plate Eve meeting at the Valley, a general admission pass to Cox Plate Eve, Friday, 27th of October. Experience racing action and entertainment at the Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. Tickets at coxplate.com.au. John in Keysborough, we're coming back to you and our other callers. 1-300-736-736 is the open line number. Sam sent a list through on, on the text. Hi, Dwayne. Top five in the draft would be Dacos, Bond and Pelly, Christian Petrarca, Jeremy Cameron, Toby Green, so you got Toby Green at five. No Nick Larkey, he could win you a flag. Which forward would you be taking if you had Nick Larkey available? Would you take, would you rather Nick Larkey or Aaron Norton or Jamari Eagle Hagen as your forward? Luke Jackson as well. Would you take any of those guys ahead of Nick Larkey? Max Gorn, massively underrated Dwayne Andrew in Perth. Thanks to all of you on the text, keep them coming. 0433981116. Midday matters for work. Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Locked, unlocked, stocked and full of value. Work where for wherever you work. Visit worklocker.com.au. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Robert, your calls and your texts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line at number. John in Keysborough, Mark in Templestowe, David in Mernda, uh, if you just joined us, if all players, all 720 players were that played in the AFL this year were up for an open draft for next year, one year only, 2024 only, all 720 players, who would be all the number one picks? Who would be all the number two picks? Because there's 18 teams that are in this draft trying to get themselves a list of 30 by the end of it, 35 by the end of it. There'll be 18 number one picks, and I'm not sure Ruck would go amongst the 18 number one picks, but a few on the text are suggesting that a few of those uh, number one picks might end up being Rucks. Uh, thank God you're not in list management. It's a hell of a lot easier to draft a good midfielder than it is a key position player or Ruckman. Um, I'm still thinking you'd still take as your number one pick when you get down to about pick 12 or 13, a Harris Andrews or a Tom Stewart or a Sam Taylor or a Joe Danaher, or a James Sicily, or a Dustin Martin ahead of when you take as your number one pick a ruck. But uh, your thoughts on all of that? Every team, all 18 teams, picking a list of 30 for next year with 720 players in the pool. John and Keysborough, who'd be your number one pick, John? Uh, Dwayne, I'd probably take a midfielder. I think there's guys there like Petrarca and Oliver, Lockie Neal, Dugowie. I'd take them ahead of Toby Green. I, I think you've got Toby at one. I'm a fan yep. of Toby. But you know, Toby's a forward, and you know you got Kerno at five. And I, personally, I'd take Kerno ahead of Toby. Kerno's back-to-back Coleman medalist. Goals are important. I know, you know that that's an important thing. But um, I'd certainly have uh, midfielders ahead of uh, Toby, and I'd have Kerno ahead of, uh, of Toby as well. And it's a really good point, John. That's the that's not an exact science. I've opened myself up to some ridicule on this, and. I'm just having some fun with it. And you're right, maybe it would be a midfielder ahead of a forward. And there's a few on the text saying you'd take, well, you would be insane not to take Bontempelli. Bloke should have won a Brownlow medal by now. Mark from Vermont, you'd be pretty happy if Bontempelli was still there come pick three because uh, someone else took Toby Green and someone else took Christian Petrarca and then Collingwood took Nick Dacos and then bang, 
Bond and Pelly still available at four. Uh, David in Mernda, you got a thought on this? Welcome to you, David. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree with you with the Rucks um, being outside the sort of top ten. But what I, I would say is this day and age, there is a lot of great pinch hitters in the Rucks. And I, I'd actually put someone like... Uh, Machito Owens up in the top 10. Just for the sheer fact, you've got someone that can play on the ball, pinch hit, as well as play forward. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree with you. I'd have him, I certainly got him in there in the top 50. And again, this isn't, if you had 18 picks, who you'd pick as your first 18 for your 18 to play for you. This is not that. It's an open draft and you only get one pick every 18. So you might end up using your third pick in the draft, which is going to be, you know, about pick 50 to finally get a ruckman after you grab yourself a forward with your first pick and a midfielder with your second pick. But when it comes to Mitch Owens, I think he has got a big upside. And I, the reason I put him in there, I reckon he would take him in the top 50. Mitch Owens, massive upside next year. I think he's going to have a huge year. Nick Blakey's the other one. I think he's only young, but he's going to have a huge year. And I've got Will Day in the top 50. I reckon Will Day would go in the top 50 as well, David. I reckon there'd be a team that would take Will Day as their third or fourth pick in that draft as well. Yeah, absolutely, Dwayne. Yeah, and as I said, like, they're, they're, a lot of them are so mobile for big men now, this day and age. So um, I think you've got to take a lot of consideration into some of these young sort of big men. Yeah, good to have you cool. David, really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, no Nick Larky. A couple of those have come through. I think there's four or five other forwards you take ahead of Nick Larky. Um, so it's fair that there's a lot of North fans loving Nick Larky. One here, Aaron Norton, is so overrated it's not funny. He came 14th in the goal kicking this year, and he played every game. The interesting part is that the Dogs to me, have loaded up. Eight-year deal for Aaron Norton. And I think Jamari Eugle-Hagen's going to be a better player. So what's Jamari worth? What is Jamari worth right now? I'm not sure the dogs... Will they be able to keep them all? Aaron Norton, eight-year multi-million dollar deal. They're going to lock in Jamara, given that Norton's got an eight-year. I reckon Jamara might want an eight-year. What's Tim English worth then? And Bailey Smith. I'm sure they're going to be able to keep the more high Dwayne, love the concept, but have to ask if you have Jamar in the top 50, where's Mitch Lewis, Nick Larkey, Kyle Langford, they're all just as good. Thanks, Stephen. I reckon Jamara is a little better to me. Mitch Lewis is great, but I reckon Jamara is going to be better next year. I think that could be the, the super breakout year. Jack Viney ahead of Jordan Degoe. What's your reasoning? Pipe Degoe had way more impact in September than Viney. I think Viney's more consistent, and I reckon you still take a guy like Viney who you know what you're going to get from Viney every week for 23 weeks, as opposed to Dugowie, who you still don't know if you're going to get what he gave us in the finals every week next year. So I'm still a Jack Viney fan because he's consistent and he wins your clearance. Uh, Collingwood just won the flag with two mediocre Ruckman. The Ruck position isn't what it used to be. I wouldn't take a Ruckman with my first round pick. That's from Todd. And no, I wouldn't take a Ruckman with mine either. Back to your calls and your texts. If you've got a thought on this, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433-981116 if you want to send through a text. And it is there on the SEN website as well. I think we've put it up, my top 50. Uh, and you can compare it to yours and tell me who you'd take as your number one pick or your number two pick if it was an open draft with 720 players in it. A quick break for news, then back to you. Grab your calls and texts. Brandon in Melton. Welcome to you, Brandon. How you going, Dwayne? Good. Um, the Ruckman thing, the Ruckman thing, circumstantial. Yeah, Collingwood won the flag this year with two below par Ruckman, yes, but without Jackson's influence in 2021, we don't win a grand final. So it's circumstantial based on year to year. So... I think they're, they're still as worthy as they're going to be 
So who would be, who's your club, Brendan? Who would be your number one pick if you had an open draft? Who would you pick Pick one? Well, I'm Melbourne, so I'm taking Petrarca one every day of the week. But yep. if you've got Petrarca, Lockie Neal, Fondipelli gone, you still need someone to get the ball to these blocks at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, you can have Toby Green fall on, you can have your Kunes in the fall line, but you need someone to, to start those plays from the middle of the ground. Your right wing is still going to be as valuable as it ever been. So. Yeah, no, it depends on whether you think having a Tom Green who gets 40 possessions a week is better off as you pick one than Max Gorn or Tim English because you feel it's the midfielder who gets you your clearance as opposed to the ruckman who wins you your clearance. That's the issue that I had to you know weigh up as well when I did this. And again, uh, look, we might even give a Dwayne's War T-shirt away. Give me your first round on the text. 1 to 18. Which, who would be the first round pick if 18 clubs all had to take a pick, a first round pick in order, in an open draft, as we're talking about? Give me your best 18, top 18, first round picks as they would go. I'm not sure there'd be that many rucks in the first round, given that I think Jeremy Cameron would be in there. I think a team would take Harris Andrews if he was available in a first round as pick, you know, 12 or 13. Charlie Curnow would go in a first round. Christian Petrarca would go in a first round. Nick Dacos would go in a first round. Bonham Pelly, Toby Green. I reckon Zach Butters would go in a first round before you took a ruck. Jordan Ngoi, certainly. I reckon Errol Goulden would probably go in a first round before you took a ruck. So you're getting pretty close to pick 18 before you get a ruckman taken. You're getting pretty close to second round before you're getting a ruck taken. A couple of texts that have come through. Dwayne North will be making a huge play at Jamara next year. Well, the longer he doesn't sign, the more I'd be worried if I'm a Bulldog fan. Uh, one Bont, two Dacos, three Tracker, four Kerno, five Luke Jackson is about to take off. Not a bad call on Luke Jackson. Um, gee, Dwayne, you know you've opened up a hornet's nest. I'd love to see the club's list managers pick their best 23 in order of ladder position happen each year and see who is and isn't on their wish list. I think it would make great viewing on Fox, not to mention great discussion points. Dave, from Albury, maybe we should do it, Dave. We'll get 18 Fox footy personnel to sit around a round table and actually do a draft with all 720 players in it. I reckon it would make good viewing. You'd be dirty if your marble came out and you were pick 17 by the time you got to your first round pick. But it would be fun. I'll throw it at well, Lee Carlson, if you're listening, maybe we should do this. Lee, we'll get 18 of us in a room and do the draft and see what we come up with. We'll take a break. Back to your calls and your text next year with Dwayne's World. For Kangan Institute, unleash you at Kangan Institute and roll now. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Wayne's World Trade Update time. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. The trade update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table, is that no trades will officially be done until after 2 o'clock today, but after 2 o'clock today, we expect quite a few of them to start dropping in reasonably quick succession to clear picks to be used a bit later Today, So we expect the Jack Inovan deal to be done. Jack Inovan said to be a hawk by the end of the day after agreeing to a trade. So trades 
will be able to be lodged officially after two. Uh, the actual deadline is 7.30 tonight. So Jack Ginnivan to be a hawk by the end of the day. That's almost a given that that'll happen. Ivan Solo will go to Port Adelaide. So Tom Morris reports that Port Adelaide will get Soldo and pick 50 with Richmond to get a future second round pick, which is currently tied to Fremantle. Uh, yeah, I know it's hard to understand. Pick 41, pick 49, and Port's future fourth round pick. So if you can work all that out, Ivan Soldo's kind of going to Port Adelaide for the equivalent of for a, a second and a half round pick. Meanwhile, there's been multiple reports that Jack Billings could be set to land at Melbourne before the end of the day. Billings has links to the D's with his former coach, Alan Richardson, currently Melbourne's general manager of football. That's the latest there, trade-wise, thanks to tyre power. But we'll be pretty, pretty big on bringing the latest straight after 2 o'clock's news. Your calls all the way to it, though, as we head back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. I asked for a few to text through what your first round would be if there was an open draft, all 720 players in it, and 18 teams getting one pick at a time. So one here, Bondapelli, Nick Dacos, Petrarca, Stewart, Joe Danaher, Green. I presume that's Toby, Kerno, Gorn. So Gorn, first ruck coming in at eight. Harris Andrews, Zach Butters, Charlie Cameron, Jeremy Cameron, DeGoey, Josh Dacos, pretty high. Josh Dacos at 14, Libba 15, Tom Green 16, and Goulden 17. Thanks for that. Nice one. I really appreciate that text as well. Um, and another one here, uh, Petrarca 1, Bondapelli 2, Green, Dacos, Neil, Sicily, pretty high up, but I did have Sicily at 18. Gorn, Jeremy Cameron, Butters, Dugowie, Sam Taylor, Tom Stewart, Jordan Dawson, Caleb Sarong, and Errol Gordon. Sarah Jones has texted me and said, Toby Green, number one for her. Always great to have Sarah listening, Fox Footy's finest. Keep your texts coming through. Keep your calls coming through. 0433981116 is the open line number. It's brought to us by Worry Care. And you can drop down to Worry Bikir and see the team. They'd love to see you. They've got a heap of new and used car stock down at Worry Bikir. Uh, Sicily, first 18. Question mark. I think you'll have a big year next year if these players were available for one year only. I reckon, I reckon Sicily might end up being close to the first round, if not an early second round pick. Dwayne, hope you had Taranto in the top 50, unlike Amateur Corn. Um, thanks for that, Zook. Well, let's work from the bottom up of my top 50. If I put Tim Taranto in then I've got to kick out either Luke Davies-Uniak, uh, this is working up from pick 50, Steve Cornelio, uh, Isaac Rankin, Mitch Owens, Tom Papley, Rowan Marshall, John Newcomb. Are you taking him ahead of John Newcomb? Maybe not either. I think Jai's going to have a huge year next year. Connor Rosie, Stephen May, Jamari Eaglehagen, Jacob Wetterings. So that's working up from the bottom up in my top 50. Another one here, Dugowie, Petrarca and Green. Jamari Eaglehagen, I agree. Think you'll be the number one forward next year. Hawthorne supporter, thanks for that. Uh, I'll take Dugowie, pick one. His two big goals in the grand final are worth more than a Brownlow or a Coleman. Uh, Toby Green kicked 66 goals this year from a forward flank. He came fourth on the goal kicking, so I'm not sure that's pumping up Toby Green or not, but probably not. You have Josh Dacos in the top 50. Well, that's the issue. If I put Josh Dacos in. Am I kicking out Luke Davies-Uniak or John Newcomb or Tom Papley or Mitch Owens? It's a pretty tough field to get in the top 50 when you think about what a draft would look like. Dwayne, midfielders grow on trees on taking an established key forward, key back, and Ruckman before a midfielder. Pete in Werribee. Yeah, I reckon a good mid is probably worth their weight in gold. Even though there's a lot of them around, I think if you get yourself a bottom pelly, 
I think if you get yourself a Zach Butters or a Christian Petrarca, I think you're better off with that first rather than the Ruckman who's going to tap it to them. I'd take Sheasel, show him so much upside. He has smarts, which is always in demand. Another one here, Dwayne, did you have Sam Taylor in your top 50? Yes, I did have Sam Taylor. I think he is one of the best players in the comp. I had him at 15. Uh, Pipe, I couldn't find the list on the website, so I'll ask, where did you have Joe Danaher? And if so, what number? If not, why? Cheers, Carl in Box Hill. i got Joe Danaher at 17. Hi, Dwayne. Let's put your draft to the test. Let's get you, Sammy, Kane, to select your teams, each having alternative picks, schoolyard style. Cheers, B. Uh, that would be nice. That'll be fun. Be good online content. Me, Kane, Sammy, and a couple of others doing an actual draft. And another one here suggesting the best way to carry on a draft like that would be to use the snake system, meaning that you, if you have pick 18, you then get pick 19, and it works its way back around. So if you get pick one, your second pick would be at 36, Gibbo in Glen Iris. And that's where I was saying about a ruck. If you did have that system and you had pick one, and then pick 36. I reckon it'd get to your third pick before you grab yourself a ruck. Um, Kerno number one. It's lots, so many texts coming through. Uh, Harris Andrews or Darcy Moore? Question mark. And I'm a Carlton supporter. Uh, thanks for that from Moe. Here, who would you take as your number one defender in that lot? Are you taking Harris Andrews? Are you taking Tom Stewart? Are you t- taking Darcy Moore? Are you taking Jacob Wiedering as the first defender picked as well? There's a fair lot. Sam Taylor might be the number one of the lot of them. And uh, keep your text coming. Canelio wasn't getting a run in the Giants midfield in Toronto's last year there. Giants coaches don't even rate him better than Tim. All right. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. The 40 Wings Tampa text 0433981116. After two o'clock, all the trade stuff coming away. Josh Jenkins and Dean Vickerman to talk some NBL as well with Melbourne United and the concussion issue as well with Matthew Delavadova. All that as we wind our way to the trade starting at 2 o'clock. You're with Dwayne's World. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, that was a bit of fun. It's all there on the SEM website. If you want to have a look, my top 50, as it would be if I walked into a draft room and uh, had to sit down with 18 other people and pick a team, who would the number one's picks be all the way to my pick 50? And uh, it's great to have your company and your contribution to it. We're going to move on after 1 o'clock and then trades after 2. So plenty to get to on the program. So I'll wrap it up by reading out a few more texts. Well, you can jump on the line now if you want to. one 300 the open line number. We'll keep taking your calls for Midday Madness right now and for another hour. But uh, a couple of texts on the first round, given that I asked for it. First round, Dacos, Bontempelli, Petrarca, Walsh, Goulden, Neil, Oliver, Tom Green, Butters, Kurnow, Toby Green, Cameron, Taylor, Wiedering, Andrews, Dawson, Sinclair. That's not bad at all. Another one here, Walsh, Bontempelli, Neil, Green, Dacos, Larky, Taylor, Sam Taylor, Jackson, English, Butters, Green, Degoe, Petrarca, May, Kurnow, Cameron Sarong um, and uh, there's a lot of these coming through that actually put up who the club would be taking them as well. John Newcomb one, Joe Danaher two, Heath from Doncaster East. I'm not sure Jai's going to go as pick one but I appreciate you jumping on as well and giving me your contribution. Uh, so many coming through. It's been an absolute delight to read so many texts as well. Where's Rosie on your list? Hi Dwayne going by 2023 finishing positions. Here's what it would be. Eagles, pick one. English, 
Ruse pick two, Dacos. Hawks pick three, Goulden. Suns pick four, Bonampelli. Five, Dockers, Petrarca. Six, Tigers would take Jeremy Cameron. Seven, the Cats would take Dugowie. Eight, the Bombers would take Toby Green. They'd be pretty happy if he was still available at pick eight. Nine, the Crows would take Butters. Ten, the Bulldogs would take Darcy Moore. Eleven, the Swans would take Lockie Neal. Twelve, the Saints, Curnow. Gee, they'd be pretty happy if Charlie Curnow was still available. Pick 12. The D's, pick 13, Joe Danaher. 14, Port Adelaide, Tom Stewart. 15, the Giants, Viney. 16, the Blues, Sicily. Um, so many texts, I can't read them all out. Um, Dwayne, if I was building a lift from scratch, I'd take two key forwards, two key backs, two to three mids, and two elite running halfbacks like Sinclair, and two small or two high half forwards like Charlie Cameron for pressure before I took a ruck, with the exception of Max Gorn, TDK and Jackson. Rucks should be 180 to 250, Justin in Surrey Hills. And there might be a few teams who do look at it that they wouldn't take a ruck until their fourth round pick, given how good some of the midfielders that would be up for grabs would be there. Dwayne, 35 spots between Butters and Rosie. Come on, you're a better judge than that. John from Richmond. I just couldn't push Connor Rosie up above some of those that on the list of stars were ahead of him like Patrick Cripps and Jordan Dawson and Tom Libertore and Oscar Allen and Noah Anderson and Jack Sinclair, Will Day, a few of those guys. I think a little bit better if you had to pick him for one year next year only than Connor Rosie, but Connor Rosie might prove me wrong on that, even though he's a star. D-Train, uh, are we taking these players in their prime or based off this season? No, based off this season for one year only next year. Uh, Dwayne's what for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. And that text machine for 40 winks and temper. That number, if you want to keep sending through your text, 0433981116. The all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. We'll keep taking your calls as well on that open line brought to us by Werribee here. one 736 736 is the open line number. It's brought to us by Werribee here. So another massive hour of midday madness. I want to play you a little bit of what Scott Lucas had to say about Asava Radagalia. Scott Lucas, Scott Lucas is the manager of Asava Radagalia. He was pretty confident on SEM Breakfast earlier today that that deal would be done. So I'll play you a bit of that in the next hour as well. Uh, we'll play you a little bit of what Harrison Petty had to say about eventually maybe going back to SA even though he's happy staying with Melbourne. So there's a bit of that to come on the agenda. Dean Vickerman to sort some NBL after 2 o'clock and Josh Jenkins also after 2 o'clock. Pipe, based on what we know, how can people pick Petrarca ahead of the Bont or Dacos? Petrarca can play midfield and forward and his disposals are below AFL based on the data. Nowhere near the Bont or Dacos. That's the beauty of something like this. There's Everyone's got an opinion. I've got mine, you've got yours, and that's why it was so much fun. And again, it's there on the SEN website. You can check it out. Back with plenty to come straight after the news. You're with Dwayneswell. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always love your company for Dwayne Tort, Dwayne Tort for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute in roll now. It's still Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Anything in the world you'd like to discuss, then the next hour is yours. Plenty of trade stuff coming up after 2 o'clock when the official opportunity for those trades to be done is uh, brought forward by the AFL a little earlier today. It's normally after 3 o'clock, but it's after 2 o'clock today. So 
straight away after 2 o'clock today. We'll be talking a lot more about trades. Tom Morris is going to join us if anything does happen in the meantime, but we expect most of that stuff to happen after 2 o'clock. So your calls for Midday Madness is perfectly time for us because it's always Midday Madness until 2 o'clock. You call, you get on. The number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Still got a Dwayne's Ward T-shirt or two to give away when the new print run is done and... Still got a Signet Boost Power Bank to give away to the best caller in the next hour. So jump on that open line and we'll take your calls. A couple of texts coming through. and a few texts recently. Why aren't we talking a little bit more NFL? And then when I give the NFL scores, uh, there's a few texts coming through saying, what am I wasting my time giving NFL scores for? One thing on the NFL, Aaron Sipos got cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. He was on Trade Radio a week ago. I want to play what Aaron Sipos had to say, and then open up the lines again for a few of your thoughts, just for a bit more fun. Is Aaron Sipos on Trade Radio a week ago? It's a pretty cutthroat. Uh, you know, I obviously um, was disappointed in what happened in probably in the Super Bowl in the first place, and um, unfortunately, I can't take any of that back, and that's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life, and um, you know, I think about it on a daily basis, but I had to use that as motivation as well to try and get myself better. And I, I genuinely thought that I did that. And yeah. um, I thought the first couple of games that I played you know, in the year were, were actually pretty solid. So um, part of me, you know, part of me honestly believes, I think that the organisation just wanted a, a new face there. I think their, their minds were kind of made up already in terms of what they wanted to do. They just kind of wanted to give me a couple opportunities while they weighed up their other options. But um you know, I, I truly, you know, I do believe that that maybe their mind was already made up about it. But, um, you know, that's that's just the the path that they wanted to take. It was obviously, you know, very short and sharp in terms of how it went down. Um, basically, you just go into the office and they tell you exactly what they plan on doing, and you shake hands with the general manager and the head coach, and you wish them all the best, and they do the same for me. And that, that's kind of all that's um, that's kind of all that's said. So it's um, it's very cutthroat. There's no. Um, feelings really too involved with you know probably from their side because that's what they have to do on a daily basis. But um, yeah, I can't I can't say that it didn't hurt. Aaron Sipos on Trade Radio a week ago. So the former Saint, former AFL player, turned um, putter in the NFL, cut by the Philadelphia Eagles for well, what was essentially one moment of his career that he didn't get right. He shanked a kick in the Super Bowl loss. Ten minutes left. He said in that quote, I can't take that back, and that is the case. He can't take it back, which actually had me thinking a bit about some of the other... Who are some of the other one-moment people that we remember for one moment of their career? On field, of course. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got a few. There are a few. There's quite a few. Some are good. Some are remembered for one great moment, like John Landy, uh, like John Carlos and Tommy Smith in the 68 Olympics. One great moment, Kathy Freeman... Probably when we talk, when we mention Kathy Freeman's name, one moment comes into mind: the the 400 at the Olympic Games in Sydney. Right now in the US, if Aaron Sipos's name gets mentioned, it's the shanked kick in the Super Bowl with 10 minutes left. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll give a signet boost power bank away to the best caller. One moment, people that had their whole careers remembered for one moment. A couple of others that I thought of initially: Jean Vandeveld. 18th hole collapse in the 99 British Open. I think he could have had six shots on the last and still won. He led by three and had the giant meltdown. I think Sally Robbins will probably get a mention. And as I mentioned, John Landy will probably get a mention by a few. But if you've got one or two, 
1-300-736-736 Andrew and Hyatt's going to kick us off and uh, always great to have you. Andrew, welcome to you. Hey, mate. How are you? Good. Dean Wallace. The tackle? That's it. Love it, Andrew. Good way to kick us off. Um, that is, you're a contender for the Signet Boost Power Bank. I love that one. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Outstanding career, a gun for Essendon, and yet when you raise his name, that moment comes into mind. Uh, St. Paul in Mount Eliza. We're going to hear St. Paul. Right now, how you doing, my friend? Good. What do you got for us? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't even believe that I'm ringing up to, a, to remind fellow Saners, but even remind myself, but Milne in the grand final in 2010 where the ball bounced the wrong way. It was probably half a metre away from him. Normally he would just grab that footy and bang it through and then he becomes a hero instead of uh, we know the outcome. <laughs> Hurts we... too much, my friend. <laughs> uh, St Paul, a bit of time's passed since, but it's good that it still hurts you. That's what footy does to us all. St Paul, those moments. Uh, great to have you called. Joe and Coburg, welcome to you, Joe. Yeah, g'day, mate. I've got three for you, but uh, lay down Sally. Uh, Barry Breen for the uh, the point. Oh, yes. To, uh, to kill to the win. Yeah. And, um, and Buster, du- Buster Douglas. I wouldn't know what he did with his boxing career other than stopping Mike Tyson. Yeah, I think the ultimate, I think there's one here on the text. Hey, Pipe, Buster Douglas is the ultimate one-moment man. Chris in Bateman's Bay. Great call by you. A couple of others coming through. Trevor Chappell. Gee, there's a good one. And for those who don't know Sally Robbins, uh, lay down Sally. We're not talking about Eric Clapton here. Uh, the 2004 Athens Olympics, she was so exhausted, she stopped rowing about 650 metres out. And uh, the rest of her team uh, didn't like it, but she was absolutely cooked. Uh, but great to have your text on that, Stephen Bradbury. There's another one. Jim Stein's running across the mark. I don't think counts because we remember Jim Stein's for a whole lot more than that. I'm talking about people we remember just for the one moment as opposed to great people who had a moment. Joe in Brunswick, welcome to you, Joe. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, um, Budjo in the 94 World Cup final, the missing penalty. Talk, talk us through it, Joe. Uh, he smacked the ball over the bar and uh, they lost the penalty shootout to, against Brazil. Good and, reminder, uh, Joe. Good... Thanks for reminding me. I appreciate it. Jordan in Strathmore, welcome to you, Jordan. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate it, mate. I've uh, got a got one that's uh, on the topic of NFL for you. I'm a massive Atlanta Falcons fan, have been for the best part of a decade. Uh, when the Falcons finally had their moment in the Super Bowl, it was about on the 40-yard line. Uh, so just in field goal range. It would have sealed the game, first ever Super Bowl victory. And uh, Devontae Freeman actually missed a block. And it uh, ended in Matt Ryan being sacked, taken out of field goal range, and the Super Bowl was gone. Nice call, Jordan. I really appreciate you jumping to another sport. Max in Williams Landing. Welcome to you, Max. Uh, good day, Clive. Uh, so I'm not saying six, two and a half feet out of bounds on the ball. Um, and the other one, Sam your man. You're cracking up there, Max, but uh, you're cracking me up. The standby, your man. Stephen Kernahan was such a superstar. I don't want to have him remembered for standby, your man, but... Guess what? A uh, few do remember him for stand by your man. A few more coming through on the text. Uh, Jerker Jenkins being under Jezza and the great Mark. Uh, that's true. You're right about that. Uh, Pipe has to be Heath Shaw 
remembered for his smother on Rewalt in the 2010 Grand Final. Rob in Bunyip, quite a few coming through, as I mentioned, with Trevor Chappell. Quite a few coming through with Stephen Bradbury as well. Oh, here's a good one. Herschel Gibbs, when he dropped the World Cup pipe. Uh, thanks for that. Darren and Seymour, welcome to you, Darren. G'day, Pipe. We've got a couple of uh, infamous ones. Uh, when Clarkson whacked Ian Aitken in the Battle of Britain, uh, the exhibition in England. Oh, yeah. Yeah, OK. And, and also uh, the other one when Banks whacked Reese Jones. Yeah, there were a few back in those days uh, that uh, even though we remember them, we'd probably be better off if we didn't remember them. And uh, some of the players who got hit probably don't remember them. Um, Mick in Northcote, welcome to you, Mick. Uh, I was just going to say Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, nice call, uh, Mick. It's been... do, you, do you remember where you were at the time? Do you remember? I mean, the Winter Olympics grabbed us all in those days, didn't it? And that moment to have an Aussie do that, it was. it's one of the... The great moments that you'll never get sick of seeing. No, I do remember watching it. Can't remember where I was a while ago, but I, I do remember him fall, uh, the others falling and he just slid on past. And now everyone says he's done the Bradbury so. <laughs> Yes. It might be the all-time greatest uh, moment of all moments, uh, Mick, when we remember one person for one thing. Stephen Bradbury might be the top of the pops. Uh, Johnny Mill Park, you there, John? G'day, Dwayne. I hope you're well, and thanks for taking my call. I think um, a moment that uh, goes unnoticed, but uh, globally it's not. Australia it is. is um, the hand of God, Diego Maradona, 1986 against England um, in the quarterfinal uh, in the World Cup. I mean, um, that's one thing that will never be forgotten in the World Game, and that knocked England out, and uh, the rest is history. Maradona went on and won the World Cup for a Argentina and has always been known for the hand of God, even though he's possibly the greatest player of all time. Yeah, it's a good call, John, because he was arguably the best player of all time up until his time, and yet to be known as the hand of God guy, uh, which when you think of Maradona, you do think hand of God. It is amazing given the greatness of the man. Uh, Zol in Berwick, welcome to you, Zol. Oh, g'day, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. That's the way. Look, I'd like to nominate this one's probably going back a little bit, but it was Lee Matthews breaking the uh, point post. That's certainly one that always sticks in my mind. Every time someone mentions Lee Matthews, I automatically think of that particular moment. The He-Man moment. I like it. When I saw Lee Matthews on your list, I thought you were going to mention something else, which I don't think he is remembered for it, but uh, if you're a Geelong fan going back, you probably remember him for it. But I'm glad people now realise how great a career Lee Matthews had outside of that. Moment. Riding Darrow Warren, you there, Rod? How you going, mate? Good. I've got a couple for you. Uh, John Dyson for his catch. Nice call. Good call. Great call. What a, One of the great catches, and the, the camera work was fantastic. Yeah, he's brilliant. And what about Helen DeMarco? Thanks for that. I did say on field, so I opened myself up to that, and that certainly was... On field, uh, great to have you call. Quite a few coming through on the text. Let me. We're going to take a break. I'll come back to your calls. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Off the back of Aaron Sipos, people, males, females that are remembered for one moment in their career, as Aaron Sipos probably will be in the US. He's going to be remembered for the shanked kick in the Super Bowl loss. Careers that are remembered by one moment. I mentioned John Vanderbilt for the. 18th hole collapse at the 99 British Open. I'll never forget that when I hear that name. That's what I think of. Uh, Bill Collins, remembered for his call of Kingston Town can't win. Chips in Torquay, that's a ripper. 
Appreciate that. Uh, Gadding will be remembered for the ball of the century. Thank you for that. Uh, Dirk Wellham, remembered for clocking Barb. Uh, I think it was Barb. Thanks for that. Um, Shane dies ride on Viander Cross. That's a goodie as well. Superstar jockey, but high-fiving the crowd on the outside rail won't be forgotten by a lot, including the putters who were on him that day. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Wayne Harms. Yeah, fantastic footballer, but gets remembered for keeping the ball in play, or did he? Uh, Anthony Hudson for 13. Chips in Torquay. Nice nomination for a teammate of mine. I love it. Dwayne, that kick from Domi Sheed. Ripping the pies' hearts out. Made him a legend here in Perth. Cheers, Jason. Yeah, that'll be remembered for a long time as the moment for Dom Sheed. When his name gets mentioned, that moment will be remembered for West Coast and for Collingwood fans. That Dom Sheed moment. Meatloaf, another one. Barry Hall and Brent Staker, another one. Keep your calls and texts coming. You at Dwayne's World. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World and the text machine and the phone lines have blown up. So people, sports people are remembered for one moment. Had big careers, but really when your name, when their name is mentioned, we remember them for one moment. Uh, Ronnie and Bendigo's got one. Welcome to you, Ronnie. As we head back to your curls, I want to get to as many of you as possible. Hello, Ronnie. Thanks for holding. Uh, no worries, Dwayne. Hope you're well. Um, I've got three here very quickly. Um, John Paxson in the 1993, sorry, yeah, 1993 Game 6 NBA Finals hit the winning shot. Um, so that was when they could have gone to Jordan, but they went to him, yeah? Yeah, that's right. That was Game 3. Of the, that was their, I was, sorry, Game 6, they won their third title. Um, yep. And then similar, similar in Game... Um, game six of the 1997 NBA Finals, Steve Kerr hit the winning shot. Yep. Again, could have gone to MJ. Yes. Um, my final one, um, slightly off-Broadway, Mel Meninga's political career. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, we'll keep it on, Phil, but nice little throw in at the end there, Ronnie. I love it. Daniel and Doncaster, we're going to hear Daniel. Going. Good. What do you got for us? Yeah, it pains me to say it, but um, I was a massive Stephen Gerrard fan. But um, since our Liverpool supporters treated that recent game against Tottenham, I just thought I had to put some extra salt on. Um, so in 2013-2014, he actually famously slipped over and Chelsea went away with the game and it cost him the title for that year. So fabulous player, but um, unfortunately that's what everyone remembers him for. It doesn't go for Liverpool. So, yeah. I well, appreciate your call, Daniel. It has been mentioned a couple of times on the text before you actually called with it, which made me Google it, which made me realise you're spot on. Um, and there's a couple on the text. Um, how did that slip really affect Stephen Gerrard uh, on this day? Stephen Gerrard's slip, uh, the infamous slip against Chelsea. There's quite a bit on the internet about it. Uh, great to have you as well, um, Shaney Mentone. Welcome to you, Shane. You got a you got a cricket one? I have, mate. Long time, first time. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, Rick McCosker getting his jaw broken in the uh, centenary test and coming back to play. With the giant strapping around his swollen jaw. That's all I remember of Rick. No, <laughs> uh, oh, I love it, Shane. That is a brilliant one because the centenary test was such a big moment in Australian sport. I mean, it was back in the day before, before Fox Sports and before KO. It was when there was only four channels. And to have the centenary test live beamed into every TV in Australia against England, it was huge for us and... Yeah, there were reputations um, absolutely forged in that moment. Great to have you. Uh, Alex and Melton, you there, Alex? Yeah, 
Yeah, mate. How are you? Good. Uh, John Hopawade. Probably doesn't need to be explained, does it, Alex? No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, you know, you're a one moment man when your moment doesn't need to be explained. Uh, thanks for your call, Alex. Nice one, uh, Matt and Sky. Welcome to you, Matt. Uh, yeah, John Alaruthu's penalty in 2005 to get the Socceroos into the World Cup. Yeah, nice one, Aloisi. I won't try and replicate it, but uh, yeah, I still I remember it for the way it was called and the way it was done. Great one, Matt. Good to have you, Harry. An officer. Welcome to you, Harry. Thanks, Brian. 1967 Grand Final. Fred Swift marking the ball right on the line. And was there there was controversy about it, wasn't there, Harry? Yes, there was. They said it was over the line. I don't believe so. That was my first Grand Final I've ever seen. And that was in the days where the VFL was massive. They were the crowds were hanging off the fences and. They, they squeezed them onto people's shoulders just to, to get a view. Yes, that's correct. Great to have you call, Harry. Uh, how long have you been watching footy for, Harry? Uh, 72 years. Who's the best player you've seen? Oh, look, I, I can't go past Royce Hart. Always love asking that question to people that have watched as much footy as you, Harry. Great to have you call. Really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, Johnny in Sydney. What are you, Johnny? Curtis to the uh, late great Shane Warne. Can't throw, can't bowl Muller. Scotty Muller, nice one. Thanks for that. Um, Greg in SA, welcome to you, Greg. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Great discussion. Love the show. I'd like to Thank nominate Jonty Rhodes uh, for dropping the World Cup. Yeah, it was Herschel Gibb, but I get where you're coming from. Uh, Mike in Launceston, welcome to you, Mike. G'day, Dwayne. Uh, Peter Norman at the Mexican Olympics for doing the right thing and wearing the badge with the American Sprinters. There's a great documentary called Salute. If you ever get the chance, watch it. Yeah, thanks for that. Look, there's a few of those moments. The John Carlos, Tommy Smith moment of the 68 Olympics. There was a different time. It's hard to actually equate it now for those living now to try and realise what it was like back then for people who made statements like that, Mike. Yeah, and he was, you know, uh, made a pariah by the Olympic movement in Australia and never selected again. So he paid a very high price for doing what was right. Great to have you call. Dino and Reservoir, you got a good one. Dino, welcome to you. Yeah, I've got two. One out on this field, but the first one is Leo Barry, you star! <laughs> yep, Stephen, uh, Quartermain, Stephen Quartermain's finest. Uh, yeah, good one, yeah. Dino. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Leanne and Dick. Leanne races. Yeah, no need to... When it's a moment that you don't need to explain, you know it's worthy of the segment, Dino. Thanks for that. Let me read a heap out before we get back to your calls. Percy Jones kicking the post. There's a good one. Uh, Dwayne, your boss's kick of the goal in the EJ Witten game. Uh, Hutchie's kick in the EJ Witten. Nice that that got a mention. Uh, he'll love it as well. Um, quite a few coming through for John Aloisi. John Burke in the Army Reserves. Cup pushing the umpire. And I think the commentary was uh, you've got to get the boy off, I think was the commentary. Uh, Dwayne, World Cup cricket, another upset. What's happening there? Um, yeah, we'll get back to that, I think, after 2 o'clock, given last night's result. We talked more about the sport that's happened uh, overnight in the last 24 hours. Gary Moorcroft and the mark. Thanks for that. Peter Carey marking the footy as an umpire. Thanks for that. Mark Williams screaming, Alan Scott, you were wrong, and grabbing his tight. That is a ripper moment. I love it. Uh, thanks for that as well. Ted Hopkins, four goals in the 70 granny. Uh, Peter Philandia, 
There's a name and a moment that doesn't need explanation, and thankfully so. It's going to be hard for me to explain that one to you on radio. You can Google it if you'd like. Back to your calls and your texts after a quick break for news. Straight back to your calls and your texts. We won't do this all day, but we've got a full board, and we could do it all day. Uh, Zaharakis, Anzac Day goal, uh, Sally Robbins, lay down Sally. A few of those have been mentioned already. But I will head back to your calls. Uh, Peter in WA, welcome to you, Peter. You've got a different one? Dwayne. Yes. I'm surprised you haven't got this one, mate. Dean Lucan, your fellow Crow leader. 1984. One of Port Lincoln's greatest ever, isn't he? Port Lincoln? Yep. Gold medal lift, 84. One lift, one gold medal. The tuna fisherman, like he was pulling a tuna out of the water. Uh, Love it, Peter. And uh, that is a one moment, man. A man that's remembered for one moment, and what a moment as well. Um, in fact, Nigel in Tasmania has got a one-moment woman. What can you hear, Nigel? How are you there, Dwayne? Yeah, far away, Nigel. Okay, firstly, before we get to the woman, uh, a team, Leicester City FC, for winning the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. And the woman is Michelle Payne. Yeah, nice call, Nigel. Absolutely great call. Melbourne Cup winning Michelle Payne. Russell in Cranbourne. What can you hear, Russell? Hey, Dwayne. Who have you got for us? Um, oh, America's Cup. Which is what we remember when we mentioned the name Ben Lexon or John yeah. Bertrand. Those are the names where you remember one moment. Well, it wasn't really one moment. It was coming from behind the best of seven. But it was one moment, absolutely, that ended up being in everyone's mind whenever you mentioned Ben Lexon, who's now passed, and the great John Bertrand. Great call. Russell in, in Cranbourne. Mick in Roeville. Welcome to you, Mick. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne, how you going, mate? Good. Yeah, I had uh, Michelle Payne with the Melbourne Cup and had uh, Steve Bradbury with the um, ice skating, winning the gold medal after everyone fell over. Nice one. There's been a few of those mentioned as well. Um, I'll read a heap of your text out. We need to take a break and give a trades update as well. Phil and Hopper's crossing briefly, though. Phil, you there? Yeah, I'm here, Pipe. Uh, mine's uh, Dirk Wellham when he smacked that chiller in the face with his bat on the boundary line. Yeah, well, I think it was Barb, and what a lovely lady she was. I had the chance to meet Barb once or twice and uh, went to all those first-class matches and local games, always there, and it was a, it was a horrible moment, um, Phil. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't remember Dirk Willem for that, but I understand where your calls are coming from. Colin and Hoppers Crossing, Robin Cranbin, I know you're on the line, Trevor Chappell on your agenda. Quite a few coming through on the text I want to get to as well. Dwayne Zola, Bud. Uh, the supposed trip to Mary Decker. Yeah, you can Google that moment as well. That was huge at the time. Hey, Dwayne, the moment that sticks in the mind. Phil Manasseh, remembered for the run. Great call. A man remembered for one moment, despite a big career. Uh, quite a few coming through on John Bertrand. One here, Javid Mandad, getting kicked by Lily. Uh, yeah, nice one. And Dennis Lilly had that moment with the aluminium bat as well, but he did so many star other things that we don't remember him for that. But... There was a text about that earlier on. Hey, Dwayne, Nadia Comaneci in the 76 Olympics and the first ever perfect 10 in gymnastics. That's a ripper, Mark, because that became part of the language, the Nadia Comaneci perfect 10. Um, Mick Fanning and the Shark, great one. <laughs> Afternoon pipe, I got one. Phil Carmen's headbutt. Uh, another one here, Shane Warren's ball of the century. Uh, Barry Hall, Brent Staker. David Pittman, yes, Malcolm, Malcolm Blight's spray. And quite a few coming through for Leo Barry, U-Star. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World, wherever you're watching. 
and listening. You can check this all out on the SEN website as well. There's a little bit of vision on the SEN TikTok. There's a little bit of audio on the SEN website of all that's happening on the trades today, and we'll keep you up to date with that after 2 o'clock as well as on radio, visually as well when the trades start dropping. And we'll give you a quick update for after the break. You with Dwayne's well. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. A trade update for tyre power. Number one on the tyres trade table coming your way. Straight after Matt in Ballarat, who's been holding through the ad break, wants to talk Essen and walking you, Matt. Hey, Dwayne. How you going, mate? Good. What do you got for us? I just had a question about the draft. I was just curious as to why you didn't have um, Darcy Parrish in your top three. In my top three? Do you think he'd be taken in the top three if there was an open draft, all 720 players in the open draft? Do you think he'd be taken top three, Darcy Parrish? Oh, I couldn't see why he wouldn't be. Um... You'd, you'd take him ahead of Toby Green and Marcus Bonampelli and Nick Dacos and Christian Petrarca? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I just also had a statement for next year, 2024. I believe it will be the year of Jake Stringer and he's going to finish top three in the Brownlow in a premiership-winning uh, season. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I'd love a big breakout season. Uh, we've been waiting for it for a while, a kind of top three Brownlow season for Jake Stringer. To be honest, I'd love a top 10 Brownlow finish for Jake. Jake maybe a top 20. Brownlow finish for Jake Stringer. I'd just love him to have a great, consistent season and see what kind of performance he could put to the park for 21 games, maybe. Let's not say 23. And how that would change Essendon's fortunes. Uh, great to have you call. Trade update for tyre power. So, Ivan Soldo is set to head to Port Adelaide after 2 o'clock. Tom Morris reporting that Port Adelaide will get Soldo and pick 50, with Richmond getting a future second-round pick from Port Adelaide. There's a a little bit of a pick swap as well. Picks 41, 49, Port Adelaide's future fourth-round pick, but essentially a future second-round pick for Ivan Soldo heading to Port Adelaide. They desperately need a ruck, and they're getting one. And they might be getting Jordan Sweet as well with one of those other picks that they've got back. So Port Adelaide hoping to get Jordan Sweet and Ivan Soldo, two rucks out of the trade period. Uh, there's been reports, multiple reports, that Jack Billings, Jack Billings could be set to land at Melbourne before the end of the day as well. Billings has links to the D's with his former coach, Alan Richardson, currently Melbourne's general manager of football. So we'll keep an eye on that after 2 o'clock. Again, plenty of trades to drop after 2 o'clock, but the AFL have made it an after-two day today. They've got after-two today until 7 o'clock or 7.30 tonight to get the trades done. And if you haven't heard, if you're a Hawthorne fan out there, in fact, I was talking to a Hawthorne fan yesterday about uh, the Jack, well, about Hawthorne in general, General, um, cheerio to you, Martin Cowling, if you're out there. Body-tastic guru, Hawthorne fan for a long, long time. Jack Ginnivan, set to be a Hawk by the end of the day after agreeing to a trade. So trades after 2 o'clock, but he's agreed to head there. So that's good news. Well, is it good news for Hawk fans? I think most Hawk fans are pretty happy they're getting Jack Ginnivan. Harrison Petty has been on everyone's lips as well over the course of the last more week and a half about whether he'll head back to SA. He actually spoke on Channel 9 about the trade speculation and whether he'll head back to Adelaide one day. 
but he's staying at Melbourne for now. Here's Harrison Petty on that. It is tough at times, but um, my family are lucky enough they can they can come over and uh, see me a bit there. So yeah, it is it is tough at times. It's sort of my decision and um, the club's decision, but yeah, decision's kind of been made now by um, Melbourne, which I'm totally fine with. I'm uh, happy. I'm on a, on a AFL list still. Did that sit okay with you, Melbourne's decision? Did you ever try and push it any more? Uh, I suppose at some stage I'd be open to a move back, but I'm contracted for two years, so. Um, I'm happy to be at Melbourne. I love, I love Melbourne Footy Club. So Harrison Petty staying for now, but he might head back at some stage. Scott Lucas, who manages Asava Radicalia, had a chat on SEM Breakfast today, so I'm not sure if you heard this or not, but Scott Lucas expects Asava Radicalia. He expects Asava Radicalia to end up going to Port Adelaide from Geelong, but it might take until late in the day. Here's Scott Lucas on that. Uh, look, we think, uh, we think it'll get done, Gary. Yeah, look, there's... You know, it's sort of the art of the negotiation or the standoff and there's not a lot of communication. But um, I, I often say it's a little bit like your school homework. If you don't have to hand it in to Friday, everyone does it on Thursday mm. night, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the trade period's a little bit like that where you have a deadline, um, some other deals might be working away or wh- when push comes to shove, you've got to get it done. And I'm sure, sure Geelong will be very keen to walk away with something from the deal rather than nothing. That's why I expect it to get done. Put it on Geelong a little there. Uh, Walk away with something rather than nothing. He also was asked whether Port Adelaide's original offer of pick 25 was fair. Here's Scott Lucas on that. They just want something more, uh, quite simply, which is their right to want that. Uh, He's still their player. Uh, Port are also within their rights to offer what they believe is a fair deal. Uh, so they'll work it out in the end. But look, I think when we look at it uh, and you look at some past trades, et cetera, that I, I think that that offer from Port was more than reasonable. There it is. Scott Lucas, who manages Asava Radicalia, believing their original offer was reasonable. So we'll keep our eyes on that. After 2 o'clock, that trade update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. So back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you'd like to join us, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. A couple of texts on the way to a break. Andy, your calls. Uh, if Stringer finishes top three in the Brown Line 2024, I'll run 10 laps of the tan in a Don's jumper, dreaming. Um, Kim from Corio. Well, I think he was taking a bit of a lend of me, that caller. Uh, another one here. I'm an Essendon supporter, and I wouldn't take Parrish in my top 100. Uh, look, I think he was just having a lend, and that's fair enough. Uh, you call, you get on. That's the beauty of Midday Madness. Um... Uh, a couple other nominations for the one moment people. Tonya Harding, nice nomination. Uh, Damien Oliver, media puzzle. Robert Klomp, best on ground for six kicks, six handballs in the night game in 79. And another one here, Dwayne, World Cup cricket, another upset. What's happening? Well, we mentioned this yesterday. T20 cricket, I think, is now the number one form of cricket worldwide. Now, it might not be in the eyes of the traditionalists, but worldwide, T20 cricket is being played by more countries and by more people. And the fact that it's being included in the Olympics and the Comp Games kind of proves that that is the form of cricket that most consumers are going to watch and will be the most popular worldwide, not just among the traditional cricket-playing nations. So it's no surprise to me, given it's a bit more baseball-like, that more people are playing it. Rather than, do I want to play cricket? What, it takes five days? No, not doing that. Uh, what, do you want to play cricket? I've got a field and I might not touch the ball for half an hour. 
no, I'm not doing that. But T20, it's a different story. I think more people are going to gravitate to it. And I think there's going to be more countries with more stars, especially with a lot of expats and people that have um, changed countries or their parents have changed countries. Uh, it's a bigger world these days. And I think we're going to see a lot of those countries like the USA and Canada being pretty damn good at T20 cricket. And there are a lot of you know, Indian descent people, Pakistan descent people, uh, Sri Lankan descent people living in countries like the USA right now that are showing the world how good cricket is as a sport. Uh, another one here, and I see arguments over Tasmania Stadium as another proposal sinks. I think that's going okay. The way I read it, there's been another Tasmanian Stadium proposal, but it's still got a roof and it's still going to be a ripper and there's a lot of residential around it. So, no, I think this thing's going to get up. Back with more of your calls and your texts and rapid fire straight after the break. If you want to jump on the line for Midday Madness, rapid fire, your calls all the way up until 2 o'clock, one 736 736 and then it's trades all the way from 2. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now, kangan.edu.au, RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness, rapid fire. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Your call's all the way up until 2 o'clock, but you've only got a few minutes to get on and get your point made. one 736 736 the open line number. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. A couple of texts. Account. One here from John Dwayne. It's 50 over World Cup, mate. Cheers, Big T. Yeah, Big T, what I was saying just moments ago was in relation to what I said yesterday, that, uh, and you might not have been with us yesterday, but yesterday I mentioned, I think the shorter the form of cricket, the more countries and the more people are going to play and watch it worldwide. So white ball cricket, especially T20, is now king internationally, not test cricket. So, yes, uh, white ball cricket in general, even though this World Cup is, T20, is, is 50 over, I think T20 cricket is going to be the dominant form. But white ball cricket has got more countries and more people playing it than ever before, I think. Uh, appreciate your text, though. Tom Morris for Rapid Fire. Welcome to you, Tom, SEN reporter. Just jumped off trade radio, so I can do some Rapid Fire with you. Tom, welcome to you. G'day, Mitt. Oh, sorry, g'day, Dwayne. I'm going well. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So uh, where do you want to start? Marby a child? Can I start with him? Will that get done later on today? Yeah, just checking you can hear me okay. That's okay, isn't it? Got you loud and clear, Tom, in the wherever you are. Yeah, no. Um, so Marby Troll will get done. And this is a, a deal that um, has been orchestrated pretty well in the end. And Brandon Ryan is really the player that's going to unlock it all. So it looks as if that Brandon Ryan, after three games and being selected as the second mid-season rookie pick of the Hawks, will get to the Brisbane Lions um, for a future second-round pick. So then that future second round pick, that, that will leave Hawthorne with two future seconds. One of them being Collingwood for Ginevan, one of them being uh, Brisbane, and they'll pass on one of them to the Gold Coast Suns and Troll will get to the Hawks. So it all looks like it's pretty smooth sailing from that perspective and it's good business. I mean, to think that six months ago, Brandon Ryan wasn't even at Hawthorne and now he's netted them a future second rounder, um, quite, re- quite a remarkable rise really. And the Lions really like him. And the Jack Gunson deal, as I said yesterday, uh, looks as if it's going to be separate to the Brandon Ryan deal altogether. I think Gunson will get to the Hawks just for a late pick. Robert and John are coming to your calls shortly, but one three hundred seven three six seven three six for rapid fire. Asava Radagalia, that'll get done today, won't it? 
yeah, it looks like that'll get done now. I was a bit hesitant this morning, Dwayne, but Geelong and Port have been in meaningful discussions and uh, it looks as if Geelong are going to accept that pick 25 um, and then a later selection as well. Now, there might be a bit of a later pick swap too, but the pick 25 will be the centrepiece of that deal. And Radigalia, as Scotty Lucas told us on SEN Breakfast, um, will get to Port Adelaide, which is the deal they've wanted to get done. And it sort of proves that over the past 10 days, the Cats have just been posturing anyway. You know, yes, they are for a player, but really pick 25 will essentially be the deal, uh, maybe with a couple of later, you know, uh, pick swaps as well. So that's good news for Port. And it means Geelong get another pick in the top 25, which they desperately need. And I've got a text here from Matt. So the Ginnivan deal is Collingwood gets pick 33, Hawthorne's future second, Hawthorne's future third, Hawthorne gets Ginnivan, pick 39, Collingwood's future second, and Collingwood's future yeah. fourth. Any truth in that? Yeah, that's the way it's looking. Yep, absolutely. That's the, that's going to be the deal. Hasn't this moved quickly since um, hmm. since about this time yesterday? And uh, I'm just looking at it now. So it means Hawthorne have two future seconds, as I said, one of them being Collingwood, one of them being Brisbane. Um, and really, future thirds and, future and, and fourth round picks don't really get used. They're only really relevant for clubs like Gold Coast this year, who are looking, looking to get academy players in or um, clubs like Carlton next year with, their, with the Camparelli twins as father-sons. Other than that, they're not really that important. Tom, we'll get uh, you back to Trade Radio. I appreciate you jumping on. Rapid fire, Robin in Orkham Hills. Welcome to you, Robert. G'day, Dwayne. I'm not a Collingwood supporter, but honestly, they've been absolutely embarrassed. Graham Wright's first mistake since returning to Collingwood. They get nobody. Future second round, future third round, all that sort of rubbish will mean nothing for them. Yet they get rid of a young 20-year-old who's going to be a future star. So they've embarrassed themselves. Uh, can the media actually put the blowtorch on Graham Wright? Well, he's just won a flag, though. That's the trouble. Uh, you can't have a blowtorch on you as a recruiter if you've just recruited a flag. John on the road, you there, John? I am. How are you? Yeah, good. You have to be quick, John. Yeah, I am. I'd rather stick needles in the eye than watch that 2020 rubbish. So you're not ever going to turn to 2020? You're only ever going to watch Test? I only watch the Test matches. That 2020 was shortened things and ridiculous rules that bowlers can't bowl one millimetre outside the leg stump. It's just a crap game. There's a few with you, John. There are a few journalists who were with you early on said, I'm never going to convert to this, and now they're all writing about it and broadcasting it. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO 3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always well, great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Lines are open. one 300 Trades are about to drop. Collingwood fans, are you okay with Ginnivan going to Hawthorne? Hawthorne fans, are you okay with Ginnivan coming to you? Because that is what is happening. one 736 and it might drop in the next couple of minutes. If it does, then we'll bring it to you. Matt and Jembrook has thrown that text our way. So Ginnivan, Collingwood gets pick 33, but they give up a couple of picks as well. So Hawthorne's, Collingwood get pick 33 and Hawthorne's future second and Hawthorne's future third. But they then give up Ginnivan and pick 39 and Collingwood's own future second and Collingwood's future fourth. So they're getting a pick swap shuffle up. That doesn't really give them that much in return 
for Jack Ginnivan. Your thoughts on this? Because he is a star young player, but he does bring a little bit of publicity his way. That can upset the apple cart, and it certainly upset Craig McRae's um, post-grand final celebration, the fact that he had to handle a lot of questions about Jack going to the races. So your thoughts on this? one 736 Collingwood fans, Hawthorne fans, are you happy with this Jack Ginnivan trade as we head to your calls before Josh Jenkins joins us in about 15 minutes from now to talk about what trades are going down given the 2 o'clock start has begun all the way from now until 7.30. The official trades can be done. Dave in Box Hill, as we head back to your calls. Talking to you, Dave. Thanks for kicking us off. Yeah, g'day, Wayne, mate. The Ginnivan thing. Hawks fans will be wrapped. I'm mad, Collingwood, mate. It's madness. Unless I've checked incorrectly last time I looked at our list, we've got five, six players who are either over 30 or approaching 30, including Jamie Elliott, who I love. Ginny's only 20 years old. Now, I, I checked the resis. They're not up. They don't cut the mustard. A lot of our blokes who are playing in the resis already. So, I don't know. I just think it's total madness, Wayne. I, I cannot understand it, mate. If he was in this year's draft day, where would he go in the order after all the kids are taken? Would he Would he go pick 20? Would he go pick 30? Where would he go, do you reckon, given that you and I both haven't seen a lot of these kids probably? Yeah, mate. Look, it, 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 it's a mystery question because of the rookie draft, as we've just seen with the guy who's gone to uh, Brisbane. And mm. you have a look at my check, who was picked up. Where would he have gone in the draft? It, it's so hard to actually put a number on it, Wayne, as, as I think you could appreciate. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult, but he's got some upside. He's only young and a few rough edges knocked off. He might end up being a star. How many young players have had rough edges and once they're knocked off have been stars? I mean, Luke Hodge is probably an example of that. He evolved into one of the greatest players of our modern era. Now, Ginevan might not have the skill set of Luke Hodge. He doesn't, but he might still end up being a really good player. Graeme in Rye, welcome to you. Graeme, you got a thought on this? Yeah, the one thing... Now, I'll just brief it this way. I'm 73 years of age, and I suffered as a kid through the 32 years drought. Now, the greatest thing that ever happened to Collingwood in this era now, besides the premiership, but it's the bloke who gave it to us and, and headed it up in, in uh, Graham Wright. On the American dollar, it says, in God we trust. In my uh, understanding and, and what I've been through with Collingwood over all those years, in Graham Wright, we trust. And that is, in God we trust. It's hard to whack a guy who's just actually recruited a flag. I'm with you 100%, Graham, but some people are that ruthless. And the Ginnivan one has divided a lot of Collingwood people. Nick in Perth, you got a thought on Ginnivan? Yeah, Brian, I think there's something else going on with the Ginnivan thing. It cannot be just, you know, the, the races and the, the, the dark thing at the start of the year. There must be something else that we don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure we should be reading that into it, Nick. I know that people have done that, but I'm certainly not. And I'm just taking it on face value that everything that's in front of us is the facts. Nothing is hidden these days, I don't think. Russell in Reservoir, welcome to you, Russell. You've got a thought? Yeah, look, I'm very disappointed that uh, he's going. I mean, over the last few years watching him play, he's a, he's a terrific little creator. He knows where to go, you know, to get the ball. Uh, he'll to me is an opportunist 
but uh, Gidevan was a terrific creator. He knows where the goals are. He can steer it through from any angle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, and he's only 20. I'm, I was hoping all along with it, that he would be played ahead of uh, Hill. But, uh, yeah, I'm very, very disappointed. Terrific player, I think, of the future. And, and what did Collingwood get back from Hawthorne? Nothing. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, he's treated with free kicks. That's going to be very interesting. Mm. I'm going to watch that very carefully. Great to have you call. Appreciate you jumping on. A uh, couple here on the text uh, pipe. People questioned the Pies when they traded Stevenson. Wright and the Pies know better than us. Dino, uh, thanks for that, Dino. Um, that was pre-Graham Wright, that trade, though. Mad Pie Man here, ruthless decision trading Guinea out, but I reckon it's the right call. We trust Mr. Wright. Thank you for that. So another one trusting Graham Wright. Pipe, Collingwood stuffed by Degoey with all the issues he had as a young player. Hoppy. So there's another one that proves that if you stick with a guy, help the rough edges get knocked off, then he could end up being a, a match winner for you and even a grand final match winner for you. Definitely not happy about Ginnivan's trade. Debbie in Roeville says so a lot that are not happy. Um, hey, Pipe, Ginnivan kicked 50 goals in 37 games, played five or six finals already at 20 years old and will be learning under a superstar Luke Bruce for a year. So there's a few that think this is going to be a big win for Hawthorne. Uh, Gary in Melbourne, welcome to you, Gary. You got a thought on Essendon? Oh, look, uh, I'm pretty disappointed now. Did they, end up, did they end up picking up Dersma? Not yet. Not yet. Are they still, what's I mean? They need to get another one because, uh, you, know, I, uh, you know, with Dodorio, you never, you never know what you're going to get. And you they gave Ambrosia away and now they yeah. wanted him back. Yeah, well, that's the issue right now. There's been a few players over time that have been thrown up as trade bait or have wanted to leave that have stayed. So there's been a few of those. But, yeah, this is – it's a hard one to stomach, I suppose, if you're an Essendon supporter. But I think your list is pretty good and you've improved it a bit over this trade period if you do get Dersma. Mick and Kilside, you got a thought on the Ginnivan trade? Welcome to you, Mick. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. I called you last Thursday through rapid fire and uh, gave you the heads up that Ginnivan would end up at the Hawks. Yep, you did. So you're not happy? I'm very happy, very happy. Oh, you are? Of course. Yeah, very happy. I think the Hawthorne fans are pretty happy. Great to have you call, Mick. John and Thomas Town, you got a thought? Welcome to you. Yes, right. How are you going? Look, I'm pretty sad he's going, but we have to go. We have to go. God speak with him. Thank you. Damo and Epping, you want to talk Collingwood as well, Damo? Hey, Dwayne, you're cool, you get on, how are you? Good to have you, Damo, great to be on. Hey, mate, I just want to know, like, I reckon Hawthorne did really well, you know, at the picks 30, where the Bulldogs made a huge mistake and gave away three first-rounders for a pick four, which they don't even know. So, so what's your bottom line, Damo, then, on trading up to get higher in the draft this year? Well, yeah, but you don't trade three to get one. I reckon mm. the Bulldogs have, you know, thrown the kitchen sink. I hope this bloke's good. Appreciate your call. Jack in Queensland, you got a thought? As we so many calls on the line, I want to get to you all. Jack, you there, Jack? Uh, yeah, how you going? Good. Um, just about Ginnivan. Um, I'm a Hawks supporter, and, and I've been pretty pleased with like, this year. And, and there are a bunch of guys that you'd probably struggle, most people have struggled to name the best 10 guys because they don't have anyone standing out. And I just see that he 
he's potentially one that could throw all that. Like, you know, some of the young guys see him carrying on like he does. I'm not talking about races, but just the way he carries on. And they go, well, hang on, how come he's allowed to get away with it and he's getting paid 400, 400k? Mm. I just think he's not the right fit for our business, our, our club. And there might be a few that believe the same. Jack, great to have you call as well. All right, a couple of texts. Hi, Dwayne, relax. Collingwood folk, Hawthorne's future second round might be pick 24, unless the Hawks finish higher in the ladder next year. And Schultz with a steal and is twice the player Ginevan is. Uh, hey, Pipe, the Collingwood fans forgetting about Bobby Hill, just one of Norm Smith. Seems to be a lot of them not rating him. Another one here, great call with a guinea move. He's a great little player, but unfortunately still suffers 20-year-old immaturity. And we were in a premiership window and can ill afford his antics over the next few years. Pies, eyes on the prize. Eddie from Mill Park. Another one here. Can't believe this trade of Ginevan. They've done so well all year, only to bring controversy to the club. They should have held him for one more year. Uh, Will fans boo Ginevan in a Hawthorne jumper. Uh, thanks for that text. Uh, absolutely shattered to lose Guinea as a Pies fan. Not many 19-year-olds can kick five on Anzac Day and win the medal. He's a star in the making and will be missed. Another one here. How funny was that bloke about Graham Wright? He probably forgot last year when Bobby Hill won the Norm Smith medal. Tom Mitchell was a premiership player. McStay would have been too if he wasn't injured. Oh, in the 2023 Cup. Some very salty fans out there. Uh, another one here. Wright brought Schultz in, and they lose a bloke who was about fourth in line. I'm with Hawthorne supporter. I hope Ginevan does become a star, but he has a lot of development to go. Uh, so many texts coming through. Dwayne, I don't like the Ryan deal. I would keep him and Chol, uh can stay put. Uh, thanks for that. Josh Jenkins has been good enough to join us. He's about to jump on Trade Radio for Tyre Power, number one on the Tyres trade table. Welcome to you, JJ. Great to have you on. Hi, mate. How are you? It's a divisive deal, the Ginnivan deal. Where do you stand with it? Um, well, I'm, um, I've been, I must admit, I've been on um, daddy duty, so I am, uh, I'm looking forward to really having a look at it. But uh, on face value, it looks like they've uh, Colling would have made a decision that they were quite happy for him to, to, to move along and he was um, able to help them win a premiership and now he's going to take up some financial security and maybe even some job security at AFL level with, with someone else. So it doesn't look like the Pies have, 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 uh, have got much out of it. So, um, yeah, I guess a bit of a bit of a, a sign that they were, you know, comfortable to let him go. And where's the Asaba Radagalia deal at? Do you think it'll get done today and do you think it'll get done late? Yeah, well, sounds like there's just some haggling over a, a, a little bit more coming back the Cats' way. So that's, you know, that's the way these things can, can go. We, we, we've said all along that uh, it would be a bit of a stunner as much as it's been played out as, as a little bit tense and a little bit of back and forth between Andrew Mackey and, and the uh, the Port Adelaide list crew, it, uh, it's one that we we always have felt like we'll get done because uh, for me, it's the contractual um, offerings from what Port are willing to give to Asava versus what the Cats have probably, you know, only able to provide. There'd, there'd be a massive difference, I would imagine, in the two contracts. And at the end of the day, I think um, even though you are the club with the rights to the player, if you can't sort of get near the contract, then you probably need to let him go, and that's the way it likely looks like it's going to play out. Josh, I'll let you handle the kids and get ready for Trade Radio. 
Thanks for jumping on for tyre power. Number one on the tyres trade table. Back to your calls after the break. 1-300-736-736 is the number if you'd like to join me. 1-300-736-736. Lost in the wash still to come. Dean Vickerman, Melbourne United coach still to come as well. You with Dwayne's well. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Trade update for tyre power. Number one on the tyres trade table. So according to the AFL website, the trade has been done. So it's been approved. Trade paperwork approved. I'm reading from the AFL House X account. Uh, Hawthorne trade its round two pick, currently 33. Its future round two pick and its future round three pick to Collingwood. For its round two pick, currently 39, and its future round two pick. And its future round four pick, as our texter told us about 20 minutes ago. So as that text read, as we read it to you 20 minutes ago, that's the trade for Jack Ginevan. Hawthorne trade its first round, trade its round two pick, currently 33. Its future round two pick and its future round three pick to Collingwood for its round two pick. Currently 39, future round two pick and a future round four pick. And Jack Ginevan. It's tough to understand, but it's a pick switcheroo. And Jack Ginevan to Hawthorne has been done. So the other deal that's been done, trade paperwork lodged and approved. Port Adelaide trade its round two pick, currently 41. Its round three pick, currently 49. It's future round two pick tied to Fremantle and it's future round four pick to Richmond for its round three pick, currently 50, and Ivan Soto. So in a roundabout way, Ivan Soto has gone to Port Adelaide. That deal has been done. And trade paperwork has been approved for a four-way trade as well with Essendon, the Bulldogs, um, and Carlton, that future pick as well as you heard that was muted yesterday that uh, Carlton and Paddy Dow and all those guys like um, has been mentioned have been switched, including a few of those picks changed around. So your thoughts on all of that? Hi, Dwayne. Uh, my daughter loves Jack Ginnivan. She has 33 on her pies jumper. The trade will cost me money. I'll have to borrow a new jumper. Thanks for that. Dwayne, the whole footy world would love to see a Sava get through. It's bordering on cruelty, playing reserves at Geelong again next year. Set the poor bloke free. Keep your calls coming through on on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, 1-300-736-736. That Werribee Kia open line. If you want to jump on and give us your thoughts, Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. Another here appalled at the thought of Ginnivan going to Hawthorne. It'll not be a good influence on our young Hawks. Jeff, another one here. Hey, Pipe. A Collingwood fans forgetting Bobby Hill just won a Norm Smith. Not sure if I read that out. Earlier on, but uh, quite a few coming through on the text. A little crazy with all of this, but it's happening and it's happened. So Ginevan has gone to Hawthorne. Keep your text coming through as well. 0433981116. Dean Vickerman not far away from joining us as well. We'll talk some NBL with Dean Vickerman, given Melbourne United have a couple of big games coming this weekend, starting tomorrow. They play Illawarra tomorrow night, and then on Sunday they host New Zealand on Sunday afternoon at John Kane Arena. So we'll have a chat. About that, Gary Lyon spoke about Jack Ginnivan earlier today on SEN. Here's what Gary Lyon had to say about it. I think it's a roll gold certainty, and yeah. it should. And I think, and I've got no obviously no allegiance. I think it should be. I think this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer for his manager to take all the you know, hype and the passion out of it and the loyalty and say, mate, 
let's let's just read the tea leaves. You've been sort of peripheral, in and out, in and out, got your way back, and now they have gone and targeted the best version of you and actively attracted him to the footy club. Read the room here. Yeah. And if John Meeson is the man who's driving it, then good on him. That's what he should do. If Jack Inman then turned around and said, John, I appreciate your advice. That's what I pay you for. But this is where I'm home to and I'm contracted. Yeah. I'm staying. Then good. But he should go. Yeah. I mean, this. I know it's hard for those Collingwood fans who love him and all that sort of stuff, but he's now got, he's now got Schultz, Hill, McCreary and Elliott in yeah. front of him. Gary Lyon from SEN this morning. Ray in Sydney, welcome to you, Ray. Oh, good day, Dwayne. How are you? Good to have you back, Ray. Ah, right. Uh, what was the deal Melbourne made for Shane McAdams? Uh, I'll have to go back over my notes, but um, that deal was done at least a couple of days ago. Uh, so let me have a look here. Uh, you, do you like the deal or don't like the deal? I reckon it's a good deal because it gives Melbourne some more firepower in their forward line. Do you think he's going to... I mean, your forward line, the Melbourne's forward line's going to be a little smaller than normal, though, isn't it, Ray? Have you got McAdam in there as well? Well, I think if they put Harrison Petty down a full forward, um, yeah, I think he's a better bet than Tom McDonald. And then you got Jacob um, Jacob there. He's coming on. So they have got a bit of height down there. Future but, second um, round... Go on, sorry, Ray. Future second round pick is what was given up. So depends on where Melbourne finished next year. Uh, sorry, at the end of this year. Or no, end of next year. Uh, as to where that pick's going to be. Pick 40-odd or pick 30-odd, depending on where Melbourne finished. Future second round pick from Melbourne to Adelaide. What you think of the other player Melbourne got, Tom uh, Fullerton Fulton. from Brisbane? Yeah, he's a he's a guy that's not tall enough to play key position for Brisbane, and he's not tall enough to ruck either. He's kind of that in between ex basketballer kind of tall, Ray. Oh, other words, a Collingwood six footer. Yeah, that's what he is, Ray. Except he's a lot taller than that under the modern. Um, key position player. He should be able to play key forward, but he's never been able to establish himself as a key forward or a lead-up forward. Oh, that's all what I want to know, because I had a friend of mine ask me what happened to Shane McAdam, and I mm. said, I'll find out for you. That's the latest, Ray. Great to have you on. I always appreciate your call. Chris and Campbell was back. Welcome to you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Dwayne, you had a Bulldog supporter ring you up and say he was disappointed. Let me tell you, the Bulldogs have done brilliantly, and I'll tell you why. They've got from 38 to 60. Now, that's five picks. Now, when you put that in into context and you add it up, that's 1,600 points. And what does that get them? A star in crop. That's what it gets them. And it also gets them Watson, who, who we would have loved the first rover, who will go at six because the Bulldogs are not going to hold four. They're going to drop because the Gold Coast, who've had a sensational trade period, are going to get five academy kids that are outstanding All-Australian juniors. So they've won the whole thing without a doubt. And the other one that's coming into it is the Swans. When I look at the Swans in Adelaide, Adelaide has three picks in the top 20, which which I think I can pick who they're going to get to. And when you look at the whole thing, Dwayne, uh, Melbourne may get Caddy. He's a big key forward at pick seven because they're going to drop 
uh, from their original uh, five to seven. And, and if they still got their second pick, I'm not sure what's going on at the moment because they could be getting um, a full-back named Murphy from Sandringham, if I'm right. But I may not be, but I think Caddy will be right for pick seven. And I think you can literally say that North Melbourne's the other one, the big winner in it, of course. When you add it up who they get, if, if your um, listeners can tell me about North Melbourne, they'll get McKercher, who's a star, and they'll get Curtin. And I think Reed will stay where he is at West Coast, or if he doesn't, uh, West Coast will probably be in a big ruckman called Edwards. You can be assured of that. He's a star in Perth at the moment. Uh, so Sumich said, a friend of mine who knows a lot about Western Australia said that Edwards is very highly thought of in Western Australia. So they've, they've got some huge picks in front of them. And then Adelaide are in a position to get pick 11. Is it 18? Can you check that out? Adelaide's in a massive position, three in the top 20. And they'll literally be able to get Moyer, who's a star in the South Australian juniors, uh, my word, they've done well. And Hawthorne, of course, will get Dursher, who I said to you was the next young Jezalinko. He'll go at pick five. Melbourne would love Dursher. He was the one that we really wanted, but we dropped too far. And Caddy was second preference. But Caddy is, is a star who can play centre-half, forward or forward pocket. And I spoke to you about Jefferson. The papers have got hold of Jefferson. He's signed till 26, but I didn't want to see them play him. Uh, because we didn't finish the Premiers in the Casey side. And the truth is, this this whole draft is very, very good for the sides I've mentioned. What do you think of it, Dwayne? Well, Chris, uh, you know more about it than me, so I'm just letting you roll. Um, I've enjoyed the trade period. I don't know what these kids are like. You know more about these kids than I. I haven't seen anything other than a few highlights packages, so... I'm prepared to just wait on them, but I love the fact that your knowledge base has been added to mine. So I really appreciate you jumping on the line, Chris, as always. Nick in McLeod, welcome to you, Nick. G'day, mate. Nearly fell asleep. But look, just wanted to um, uh, touch on Fullerton. Fullerton's actually, he's two metres tall, so he's 200 centimetres. Uh, he's about third, fourth in line in Brisbane, so he's just left for opportunity, mate. So he's just not solid enough to play key position, though, is he, Nick? No, look, at the D, he's probably the number one target. He's, he's a good size. He's nearly about 100 kilos. He's, um, he's just, like you said, he's next basketballer. Probably doesn't have the AFL awareness, but, um, yeah, he's a good size, and he'll be fine. Do you think he'll play key position in Melbourne? 100% he'll play key position. What else would a 200-centimetre guy play? I mean, besides Van Royen, who else have they got there to sort of... Uh, he's probably an upgrade from Shacky. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Nick. I, the fact that he couldn't push Hipwood out and Joe Danaher out, I get that 100%. They just didn't seem to want to play him all that much at all this year. But you're right, he's tall. I agree with you on that. He just didn't seem to be thick enough, solid enough to play key position. But you're right, in Melbourne's forward line, he might end up being a star. Hey, great to have your contribution, Nick. Keep your calls coming, keep your tests coming. Need to take a break for news. You're with Dwayneswell. It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enrol now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Dean Pickerman's back and we'll head to your calls very shortly as well if you want to jump on the line for a little bit of late lost in the wash. one 300 or a little bit of late midday matters. We've got a couple of Signet Boost Power Banks to give away before 3 o'clock. So if you jump on the line, you're a chance to win one of those. one 
736 736. A couple of signet boost power banks to give away before 3 o'clock. So your calls on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kier. Dean Vickerman's been good enough to jump back on. And it's good to have the Melbourne United coach back on the phone. Welcome to you, Dean. Great to have you back. Yeah, sorry about that. But, yeah, great to be back. All good to have you. So, yeah, there's been a couple of last quarters that have been an interesting watch for your guys. Firstly, Tasmania, they're a good team. But to see them outscore you by about 16 in the last quarter at home was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, no, we weren't happy about it. I think there was uh, having Ian Clark come back and we just hadn't spent enough time on uh, closeout situations with him. And, um, yeah, there were some looks. You know, we missed some layups. We missed some open ones. But, you know, generally we went away from that one and spent the week on how we want to close our games and we were much better, uh, certainly in Perth. But against the Bullets, you conceded 33 in the last quarter as well. So was that just because you had a game in hand and you... Gave some of your bench players a bit of time? Not really. You know, the goal was to try and hold them to 20 points in the last quarter. And, um, you know, when a team's down by that kind of margin, they, you know, they play a lot faster. They play, um, you know, with a no nothing to lose attitude. And, um, yeah, they shot it well and uh, played super confident. So, um, you know, there's going to be some teams in the league that play that way the whole whole time. So, yeah, we've got to get ready for that, and the Hawks do that. How tough is it for you, though? You do have a fairly deep roster. I'm sure you want to get some minutes into players. So, you know, how do you manage that, keep everyone happy? Yeah, you know, we've got the um, game away on a Friday night and come home on a Sunday for these next two weeks as well. So three weeks in a, a row of that process, and I'm sure different things are going to happen over, over this course. And we're going to need some of our development players to step up. We're going to need some of our guys that aren't major minutes right now to, to really have impact on games. So, you know, just trying to keep everybody ready at the moment. Will you have Matthew Delavadova available tomorrow or Sunday? No, we've ruled him out for this week. Uh, he had a, two really positive days uh, yesterday and today. And um, so... Yeah, he's got some exercise in and, um, you know, we look forward to him, you know, joining our group again as soon as he's ready. So what's your protocol with him, Dean? Is it uh, is there a protocol as to the 12 days? Is there a different structure where you trust his judgment or trust the doctor's testing of him? Yeah, you know, the NBL protocol is kind of that seven days after... Um, after the incident, but gauged on, on symptoms from day one. And um, so, yeah, we're going to be, you know, far exceed, you know, what, what's required. And, um, yeah, it'll be totally based on his symptoms and, and how he feels. And, um, you know, he'll just get having, keep having some small little wins along the way and, and, and we'll bring him back in gradually. So you're four and one, four wins, one loss. Illawarra one and three. Uh, it's been hard to sort of gauge them. They're obviously going to be tougher to beat tomorrow night at home, but they are struggling a little, a little bit. Yeah, you know, three really quality imports and, and a, you know, an assemblance of Australian players, um, you know, got to use the Asian rule and the Next Star rule. They've done everything possible to put this roster together. And I think they're better than their record right now. You know, the game against Adelaide, the, you know, just had some little lapses, but, you know, they've, they look dangerous and they look like they're, um, you know, finding themselves defensively. So it's always a tough ask to go to Wollongong and get a win. 
And then you've got Sunday against New Zealand, and there's a bit of unknown about New Zealand. When they fly, they are, they are really good. Yeah, you got to sit down and watch them yesterday. Um, you know, play the Utah Jazz, you know, down 20 at the quarter and, you know, only lose the game by, you know, around 20 as well. So, you know, sticking with any NBA team for, for three quarters is a really good effort. Um, you know, they're starting to get some players back. I'm not sure, you know, when Finn Delaney's back, but it's a, you know, a big out for them at the moment. Um, just changed an import over as well over the course of their U.S. trip. So, um, you know, they'll be one of the most talented rosters in the league when they've got everyone available. How do you find it affects teams that do that, the trip? Do you find that it inspires them for their return because they're, you know, back home after that experience or do you find it fatigues them a little bit? Yeah, from our experience, um, you know, we had both. At some point, um, you're going to be affected by the travel, you know, whether that's the first game or, hmm. you know, somewhere during the, the next week after it that, you know, there's a fatigue element that, that hits you. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you play well, and I think the time we played Oklahoma and, you know, came within a point, uh, we come back, you know, pretty revved up for the next game. Um, but we had a double that weekend. I think we played a triple overtime game and, and then played another one at home, and certainly we were affected by the second game. And Ariel Hukporty looked pretty good. Yeah, Ariel started the season fantastic. Um, you know, a double-double leads the league in rebounding, leads the league in, in block shots. And, um, you know, they're two of the elements that we thought, and, you know, he really needed to show NBA scouts. That, along with his, you know, one of the best rim protectors in the league right now and defending the on-ball, um, you know, he started the season, you know, can't ask anything more of him. And the quality of the next stars are pretty high again in the comp this year? Yeah, they are. You know, um, we just went against Star in Perth and... Um, you know, Hawks, we got AJ, who's played a, a little bit, probably hasn't played as much as he would like yet. But, um, yeah, every team you come up against, New Zealand, um, you know, got a, a next guy that just played his first game the other day, hit a nice three against the Jazz. And, um, yeah, every week there's one of these guys that you know um, are ready to have kind of a breakout game, as Flowers did for Adelaide against Illawarra the other night. Are you sold out for Sunday? I'm not sure we're sold out yet, but, um, you know, it's our multicultural game. It's, um, we, we love the jersey. We won a championship in the multicultural jersey, and um, hopefully it represents, you know, what Melbourne's about and hopefully it represents what, what our club is about and, um, you know, certainly celebrating um, multiculturalism and diversity. And all your players seem to love the moment as well. They get into that, that kind of um, game build-up. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a celebration. We, we had a little celebration today of, um, you know, foods from different countries and, and, and talked about what this game meant. And certainly, um, you know, Joe is a guy who circled this game a long time ago and it looks like he's going to return for, for this weekend. And, mm. um, you know, a part of him being South Sudanese is having an impact on the, his community and, and being a role model to them. And so we look forward to, you know, celebrating this game. Dean, great to have you. Let's hope you get a monster crowd on Sunday if it's not a sellout already. If you want to jump on board, Melbourne United's bandwagon. Uh, Sunday, 2 o'clock tip-off against the New Zealand Breakers, uh, and they're flying at the moment. Melbourne United up there with Sydney 4-1 right now. Dean, always great to have you. Thanks for jumping back on the phone after a little breakdown. Thanks, Lauren. 
Always good to have Dean Vickham and the coach of Melbourne United on the line. Let's take a couple of calls in if you want to jump on the line. one 736 Again, got a Signet Boost Power Bank to give away before 3 o'clock. Got a couple of them to give away before 3 o'clock. So if you want to jump on the line, then jump on the line now. Again, you can watch every game of the NBL season on ESPN. If you've got a lost in the wash, lost in the wash for rjsanderson.com.au. Take the stress out of tax. A quick reminder, Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance to win, but terms and conditions apply. And let's celebrate St. Lions as well, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funeral as a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funeral celebrating lives. Happy birthday to tennis legend Martina Navratilova. And happy birthday to AFL footballers Miles Bergman and Elijah Sardis as well. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Andy and Gazy not far away from joining you as well. They're looking forward to you joining you straight after the news. Back for Midday Matters tomorrow, though, for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Unlock Stockton, full of value. Work where for wherever you work. If you want to check out the Work Locker range, you can check it out at worklocker.com.au. That's worklocker.com.au. For Midday Mantis tomorrow, I'm back for Midday Mantis after the trades get done up until 7.30 tonight. A couple of texts that have come through before I head back to one or two of your calls. Uh, Dwayne, I love listening to Chris. He's old school. That's from David Box Hill. Quite a bit of love coming through from Chris. If you're still listening out there, Chris, everyone loves you. Another one here. Thanks for the update, Chris. Take a breath, but thanks for the update. Uh, the guy on the phone, the guy's a legend. Give him a prize. He sounds like it's a horse race. That's from Manny as well. Everyone loves Chris uh, Pipe. If you only did as much homework as Chris from Camberwell. There's a few coming through saying they're happy with Jack Ginnivan leaving. Collingwood one here. Hit the road, Jack. Don't come back. Much rather Harvey Harrison getting a game or as sub playing. Let's be honest. Uh, Hill, McCreary, Elliott, Schultz will be all getting a game first. Thanks for your service, Jack. But we're okay with you leaving. Uh, that's from someone from Broadford. Appreciate that text as well. All of your texts that have come through have been on the 40 Winks Tampa text. I appreciate how many people have jumped on the text machine today. 0433981116. Put that number in your phone. And you can check out the all-new Tampa Pro at 40 Winks. Drop in your local 40 Winks and you can have a lay on the Tampa range. They're pillows and mattresses. Pillows like no other. And Tampa, T-E-M-P-U-R. If you want to check out the range, Tampa's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Tampa mattresses like no other. Had a little bit of mischief with the phones today, so apologies if we haven't got to a couple of your calls on that open line brought to us by Warrior Care, but we'll be back tomorrow and we'll get it all sorted. Midday Mattis tomorrow and the phone line for Warrior Care, one 736 Care awarded National Care Car Dealer of the Year. Warrior Care makes buying cars easy and you can drop down and see the team. You probably know them by name by now. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, Joe, they're all down there. Heaping you and used car stock ready for you, so drop down and tell the team we sent you if you're in the market for a new or used car. Back for Midday Matters tomorrow. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to download the Dwayne's or podcast anytime you like, but stick around. Andy, looking forward to your company. We'll gaze you next.